Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete, and I am joined by... Diane! I was about to chime in and interrupt you. Oh, what were you going to say? And my name is Diane. Yeah, isn't that how we usually do it? I think so. That's why I was all set to go. All out of rhythm. I'm, I apologize. You know, it's funny. I've been listening to some older podcasts, Ooh. which I'll get into later. But one of the things that I totally forgot, we used to have like um, little nickname intros. We did. Do you remember that? Yes. And then it was too difficult to <laughs> think of nicknames for every single topic that we would come up with. Yeah. So we dropped that. Yeah, we did. But anyway, this is the Ordinary Day Podcast, and it's going to be a multimedia designer and a scientist, uh, married, married in Toronto, sharing their daily lives. Mm-hmm. I guess weekly lives. Mm-hmm. So let's start off with that. What is new with us this week? This week, uh, I just had a lovely picnic with my friends. I biked there and I biked back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was long, wasn't it? It was. It took about an hour to get there and an hour to get back. It was a little bit easier coming back because it was downhill. Um, but it really would have taken me the same amount of time via transit. So I nice. thought, why not get exercise? Well, good for you. That's why you're fantastic. Um, another new thing that happened this week, speaking of outdoors and exercise, mm-hmm. we just recently went to our cottage yeah. last weekend, which is why, um, I guess we missed last weekend for podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, we were intending to do it, but I believe we just got tired or something happened. We came home later than normal yeah. as well. But that was, uh, that was a great trip. That was a really fun trip. Um, got to take out one of my cousins to it who, you know, we've had this property for 20 years and this is the same guy I went to Chicago with. And I I think we had the same conversation. It was like, Oh, have you ever been up to my cottage? He's like, no, I don't know anything about it. Okay. You're going to it. Boom. Done. So then we, uh, uh, invited him up to the, uh, cottage, which was great. Um, and when I was, uh, booking it, Mm -hmm. my younger brother's like, Oh, we're going to be there too. I hope that's okay. And it's like, yeah, of course it's okay. Like, I'm not saying only I may use the cottage. I'm just letting other people know that we're going to be there. Exactly. Really, that's all we're doing. But my favorite thing from that weekend is, uh, what did I say? It's like they were running a bed and breakfast. Yes. Yeah, because they were being just like so hospitable, my younger brother and uh, his girlfriend. Like, they had gone to a brewery or a couple of breweries before. And when they had heard that I was going to be at the cottage, they like got a bunch of samples. So we had like a beer sipping, uh, wine tasting, beer tasting <laughs> kind of uh, thing. And it was like, this mm-hmm. is from here. And we thought this would be really good for you. And, you know, just sort of showed, uh, my cousin, the property and, um, they gave us the best beds in the uh, property, which is nice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a wonderful trip. I, we cut down a tree. I got to carry a tree. Good fun. Yes. In pieces. It wasn't the whole tree just in one go. But those chunks of trunk get very heavy. Oh, yeah. Like we had kind of like we'd put three or four in a wheelbarrow and that was a lot. And then I took care of taking them up the hill. Yeah. So we helped out. We contributed. Yes, we did. Yeah. And it was probably like 12 trips of three or four of those. Yes. So you also helped dig a hole. (laughs) (laughs) because we're making a new outhouse yay before the other one explodes Uh uh-huh i had to explain to a lab mate what an outhouse was right 
And anytime I have to explain what an outhouse is, rescue people from bugs, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing, I'm like, you need to go to camp. Yeah. See, with that one, when there's two words in in it, like if it's out and house, uh-huh. I mean, aren't you kind of halfway there? Like it's an outdoor house. How has this person not been exposed to an outhouse, though? And they go camping. Yeah. Oh, then they don't go they camping. They go camping. So they don't go real back in the woods camping. But like never, ever you've encountered one of these. Someone's like, you should have just described it as a porta potty that's outside with a, a hole po- instead of. Porta potties are outside. So porta potty with wood instead of plastic, I guess. And with like a giant hole instead of just a collective collecting oh, yeah. basin. I don't know. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> And then you find yourself trying to describe an outhouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it was lovely. I love being out just kind of in the woods. My phone doesn't really work out there, so I don't, I'm not checking it. I'm not looking at it. I'm just kind of enjoying the view, making a bracelet, reading a book. I'm also usually up a couple hours before the rest of the folks. So yes. I get some nice quiet time to stretch out by the water, read, briefly contemplated going in a boat, but was really enjoying my spot. So... Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. you get to work on bracelets and stuff like that, too, right? Eh? Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was a very needed, relaxing weekend. Yes. So we booked another weekend. Going to try to maybe get up with some some friends, mm-hmm. maybe in the fall. It's a nice time. Yeah. yeah. So we got plans. It's going to be great. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, I thought we could do an update on thesis situation. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting. I have been, I've been, you know, working on it, plugging away because I, I finished the introduction and there's other sections you have to write. You have to write like the objectives of each of your studies and kind of a integrative summary at the end that combines all of what you've done and how it's related. Uh, so I've, you know, tried my hand at writing some of that and you write a future directions and what are some limitations of your study because there's always some limitation uh, with science experiments um so I've kind of written all that and my prof asked me well how's how's the thesis like what are what are we waiting for I'm like I'm just waiting to finish this bit of data and then I'm pretty much good to go I think he thinks I'm not as advanced in my writing as I actually am. Okay. I think he thinks I have a lot more to do still, but I don't. Really what's holding me back is we've been trying to analyze one protein and we tried to do it by one method and it didn't work and it kept not working. I think I tried twice. Um, And finally we just bought a different product or used a different method and it worked. And since it worked, it was like, oh, now we can do this and we can do this and we can do this. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know when this is going to end. So when he was bothering me about what's left to do, I just kind of said, well, how much more do you want me to do? Because you have all these great ideas you keep flying forward, which I'm okay to look at, but that just means it's going to take me longer. (laughs) So that kind of got him to say, all right, well, let's stop at this point. That will be your thesis data. Then if we want to do some other stuff, we'll do it afterwards. Like, so okay. So the thing is, I mean, you're really good at scheduling and planning. Yes. And so I assume you are aware that you're basically in crunch time, right? Like, it's going to be August 
on Tuesday. And yes. you're supposed to be done in September, correct? Yes. So it's very flexible with these graduate degrees. I essentially have six years to finish it, really. Mm. You should be able to finish a physiology PhD in four, which is where I'm at right now. Um, the one thing about going into September is I would have to pay tuition, but if I defend by a certain day, I should get half my tuition back or some amount of it back. Okay. Um, so that's, that's fine. I'm not really concerned about that. Um, I think I'm going so it's not lazily, but I'm not trying to stress out about this because I want things to be done properly. Yeah. And I know that my prof gets things back to me very quickly. Um, and I know I have like, it'll be written by August. And I also know that there's a buffer period of about four weeks between when my document is finished and when I actually do my defense. So I already know that it's going to leak into September. Like I, I get that people are trying to help me finish on time so that things can be wrapped up, but I, I can only run a certain amount of Western blots, which is the last thing I need to do at a time. I, that's all I can do. I get tired. You can only do one a day. Like I can't, I can't do anything more than that efficiently. So like, if you want me to keep doing this now that it's working, like this is, this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. You asked me to do it by one method and we tried to get that far and now we're here and you know, like, I'm not going to be mad at you if I have to pay tuition in September. Like, yeah. it sucks, but that's not the end of the world where I'm going to have a PhD out of it. Okay. So I was just glad to have that conversation of when is this ending because you have all these ideas that you keep spewing out and it's really hard for me to gauge what it is that you want me to do for my thesis and what is not. So we've cleared that up now. But do you have a scheduled end date then? No, because everything has to work properly first. Right, right, right. And then I got to write it and then he's got to look at it and then we got to approve it. And then I got to send it to the secretary. The secretary could be on vacation because that happens too. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> the way I was going to phrase it uh -huh. is, will there be an episode 63? I am now Dr. D or something. That's four weeks from now, we'll say. Right. I'm not prepared to put a date in stone yet. The other thing is I have to get five professors to agree on a day to do this mm -hmm. thesis defense, right. which is not super easy. And I also have a former lab mate who is a firefighter currently who has requested that I try and pick a day when she's off because she knows her schedule well in advance. Wow. Um, and I said, well, no guarantees because I have to basically accommodate five professors first, but yes. I will try and think about you if there's options. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to do it as fast as I can and we're just going to get there, but I just don't have a day right now. Okay. Um, so my topic was actually going to be about, I've been revisiting some older episodes mm -hmm. that we've, um, had, but I think it makes more sense to sort of integrate it into this, um, conversation. Okay. Cause what was really interesting, I was listening to episode 15, which was our job hunt mm -hmm. podcast. I believe it was May of last year. Um, well, and you were talking about already starting to look for work, preparing for joining the workforce, mm -hmm. and um, you were sort of had a opinion on where you were with your PhD at that time. Mm -hmm. um, what has changed since a year ago, May, um, would you say? It's funny you say it's May, because May is when I would 
attend those virtual online conferences. Yeah, you, you talked about that. Yeah. Um, so that's what would always get me thinking about that. Um, so what has changed? Uh, my prof offered to keep me in the lab and pay me to help him uh, train all the new people. So I was presented with a sort of buffer period, I guess, where it wasn't as crucial for me to have a job immediately when I was finished. Um, So that was kind of a nice offer that I definitely want to uh, explore or uh, I'm definitely going to do it. Um, It's helpful because I'll be able to finish up any data that I need to publish my papers if they need reviews. Um, And it's also just helpful because... I feel like I am going to miss the lab when I'm gone. So this just gives me a little bit extra time in there and maybe training all the new people. I'll be kind of at the point where I'm like, all right, I'm done. I need, I need a break. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm sort of, I've kind of, um, used all of the knowledge, information, strategies, tips, techniques that I've gotten from those online conferences and started to apply them. So I've, you know, fixed up my LinkedIn profile which was kind of neat because as soon as I changed the wording of things and made my title different, I started to get different job postings sent my way. Nice. Um, So I'm focusing on um, looking for teaching jobs, but also um, it's called educational development. So it's um, teaching other people or providing support to other people to help them teach better. So a lot of companies actually have learning specialists. Um, Schools have educational developers, Um, so I've just been, if I see something interesting, I save the job posting. Um, there was a period of time where I was thinking maybe I would apply to some things, but I was going away to camp. Um, so I would be away for a week and I didn't want to have people trying to contact me while I was away if that would happen. And then I came back and I was really busy. So, um, I think this buffer period is also going to be a good opportunity for me to have all this thesis stuff done and I can really focus on job applications yeah, and it's just nice not to have to do both of that at the same time. I agree. You know, this buffer has been one of the best things to come to us. I mean, it's, it says two things, one that you're not in a rush and two that they obviously really appreciate you and yes. uh, it gives you an opportunity to continue nice. building experience, which mm-hmm. is always useful, right? Yeah. And then I'm, it's also like I want to teach, but I don't necessarily have to be a teacher or a professor. Like mentoring people and training them is teaching them and mentoring other people in a learning um, development or educational development role is teaching them and using all those skills and techniques, which I really enjoy. So um, yeah, so it'll, it'll be good no matter what. And I can be like, I did kind of like a postdoc or training or I was a research associate, like... Yeah. Be good. You know, I've actually really enjoyed that too in my line of work. I I sort of, well, since episode 43, Workplace Challenges, I sort of became a a manager without realizing that would happen. And I've Mm -hmm. had some underlings, some juniors, and actually some seniors who I basically have to teach how to design. Um, And it's kind of interesting. I really enjoy it. But I think what's different in this scenario is these uh, junior designers aren't really my students in the way that they don't seem to want to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because when people go to school, school, I mean, I guess it's a general statement too. Sometimes students going to school don't want to learn either. I've no. certainly seen that too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh yeah there's a lot of times when i'll sit down with them and, and go through their work and you know teach them important things like margins or hey white space the, this block of text is just impossible to read or you know maybe stick to one font and maybe a couple font sizes instead of like 17 different sizes oh my goodness things like that um so I haven't really seen the fruits of my labor or teaching yet, but um, I do enjoy doing it. Um, I hope some of it, some of it goes in. I've just started mm-hmm. working with another person I used to work with a couple years ago, and and she did recall my advice to her, which was n- kind of nice to hear. Nice. She's like, yeah, I remember you said I'm really really fast, but I should take a moment and look over my work because speed is important and it's mm-hmm. nice to mm-hmm. be efficient, but you have to check to make sure you're not making errors. Because that was her uh, biggest problem. Nice. Still making errors, though, and still going very fast. So, I mean, (laughs) kind of got the message, but isn't really applying it. So, yeah, maybe I'm just a terrible teacher. I don't don't think so. I guess I've never. No, I've had you teach things. I've just had to help. Oh, you've published our podcast. Yeah, I've just had to have you go slowly with what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I'm the type of learner that actually needs to do a process by myself. Yeah. Um, having someone be like, so you do this and me just writing down the steps is not helpful because I can't see what's going on, interact with the screen, that sort of thing. So as soon as I said, slow down, then it was good. Yeah. We, I had another scenario recently. I think, I think they get put under pressure too. Because uh, I was talking about how we want to kind of transfer using our own proprietary application to using the client's application. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and this is to send out uh, large form uh, email newsletters. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like telling, talking to this junior again, this Marsha lady, and it's like, hey, so what will be the difference between using our own and using the clients. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you do to make it work on theirs? And she's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have no idea. How would I know? Yeah. I was like, no, just, just open the file. Mm-hmm. Just open the file. Just open the file. <laughs> Double click, open the file. Okay. So look at this, like no pressure. Yeah. Just looking at the code, what will have to change when we move it from our own system to the client system. And she's looking at us like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. What, what do you mean? <laughs> And it's like, well, our, our application, it's called Inbox, okay? And then she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay, so you see how all the images are linked to Inbox right now? Oh. Oh, yeah, so we'll have to host it somewhere else. Boom, done. There you go. But, I mean, I try to get them to mm-hmm. guide themselves through it, but sometimes I think it puts them in, uh, in some kind of pressured state or something when I just sit next to them and try to teach them something. Yeah. Or when I have to, I find a lot of times I'm thinking for them and I'll just kind of decide one day that I'm going to make them think for themselves. Yeah. And I don't really know how you can do a transition period of this. Like one day I'm thinking for you and the next day you have to think for yourself. There's no middle ground. Um, good practice. And they kind of, yeah. And they kind of panic. And I remember one guy, I asked him, all right, let's, let's have you do this today. You find all the stuff you need and let's make the gel. And he kind of comes back and he's like, okay, I can't find it. So I go and show him where a couple of things are. And then I'm like, okay, now we need this last thing. I'm like, it's in the freezer. Actually, I'm pretty sure last week I had you make this for me. 
Mm-hmm. Therefore, you should know where it is better than I am. And he kind of was like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> you serious that. right now? <laughs> we found it because it was exactly where I said to put it. So it was fine. It was just funny that suddenly making them think for themselves, they kind of panic. Yeah. And it's like, no, you know this. Yeah. You know you this. Did, you've done this before. Because you did it and you put it away. Mm-hmm. Anyways. The joys of mentoring. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to touch on for your PhD journey before we move on to a couple other That's things? all. I'm working on it. I'm getting there. Trust me. I keep telling people. Yeah. Trust me. When I have a date, you're all going to know. Yeah. Because it's going to be emailed out. There'll be a giant Facebook announcement. I'll probably have a picture on mm. Instagram. This is a big deal. Like yeah. You all know. I'm not going to forget to tell you <laughs> that I'm finishing my PhD. It's not happening. No, no, no. no. <laughs> And then there'll be a party. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm very fascinated by the journey though too, as much as the schedule and all that. So I do like to hear about how it's going. Me too. And I've had tough periods in my PhD, but this wrapping it up section of it has not been super taxing. Good. Not as difficult as other periods. You do seem like you're very calm and. I'm in like a re- like oh, good it's just place. Been, yeah. The last few years of this degree, I've been in a good, good place and it's been, it's been really enjoyable. It's been hard work and long hours, but mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Even before we started podcasting, like I think when you were doing your master's, you were more frustrated. I think that had more to do with the process and the people you're working with, but yeah, yeah. I think I seem way more calm and in control. Yeah. And I'm the type of person who will put in the hours and I like having a bunch of things to do and scheduling. And before I was just working where their pace was very slow and I was ready to just start, you know, doing things and we couldn't get a project together and couldn't figure out what to do. And it was like, and it it was just frustrating because I was ready to go. And here in this lab, it was almost the complete opposite where, it was, I've got all these great ideas. Let's get going now. Try this, try this, try this, try this. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just ready. And at the end of the week, I can show what I've done. And it's just moved along really, really well. So it's just, I've figured out how I work well. Good. Great. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Hmm. Let's move on to another podcast I was listening to. Ooh, yes. Episode 53. Uh-huh. We talked about how we really were enjoying the show called Life in Pieces. Yeah. And it was like, next episode, we're going to talk about some more episodes. And that never happened. No, because we started watching Friends? That way? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And we were looking for something less challenging, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, it's episode 59 now. So let's finally, uh-huh. let's talk about the show because we started watching it. Yeah. And it is great. It's so much fun. It is a great show. Life in Pieces. Yes. So the basic idea is it follows, I guess, three generations of a family, Mm -hmm. including their spouses. And Mm -hmm. I guess we're getting into, they even had a great grandmother recently. So yes, it kind of extends a bit and a cousin. So they extend a little bit out of the family usually. Um, But the the main uh, formatting is each episode is divided into four uh, short stories, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea of their life stories cut into little pieces and how they all kind of go together. Yes. And each piece will kind of focus on a different member or group of the family. Um, but all members are pretty much involved in 
a it, lot of the pieces. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're fairly close knit family. Um, number of very fun characters. Yeah, there's not a single character I don't like. Oh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, in our previous episodes, we mm-hmm. talked about you know Parks and Rec or Arrested Development, all these other shows that we try out, and I can't think of anyone where I've like enjoyed every character. Even Parks. I love Parks. But mm-hmm. there's still a couple characters that drive me crazy in that <laughs> one. That's true. Um, that is true. But this this one, very good. Uh, yeah, it's just, they're just funny. Uh, I think we've commented a number of times. Uh, the one woman who is a new mom, she just has great delivery. Oh my goodness. On yes. uh, some of those lines. Yeah, she's one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Yeah, playing uh, married to Colin? Colin Hanks? Yeah. So that would be his Tom his Hanks' son. son. Yeah, looks like him a lot. It does. Um, I feel like that's got to be hard and good at the same time. Like, you have a lot of expectations, I suppose, or people are, or will just know you mm-hmm. as your Tom Hanks' son. I, I can, right. I can't tell you how frustrating that would be for me mm-hmm. to not have your own identity. Um, but at the same time, he's listed first on the show, and I don't know of him being in anything else. I've never seen him in anything else. He's been in other stuff. Has he? Yep. I remember at least one kind of goofy teen movie. Okay. And he's probably done other things since then. But I feel like he gets top billing almost because of his name. More Maybe. than uh, yeah. being recognized for other work. But I guess in contrast, Josh Brolin's been in a lot. That's the guy who plays mm-hmm. the granddad. Mm-hmm. And the eldest sister. Yep. Famous in, for Breaking Bad. Yep. Betsy or something, I think. Betsy Brandt. Yeah. So, great cast. Mm-hmm. There are people you go, oh, yeah, I kind of remember them. But in its advantage, they're not so uh, famous that it becomes distracting, where you're just like, oh, who is this person? I know mm-hmm. them from this, 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 and this. You can actually sit back and enjoy them as characters. And the characters are very excellent. Um, I'm relating a lot to it because it's not three brothers, which is what I grew up with, but mm-hmm. it is three siblings. Mm-hmm. So it's a sister and two brothers. The middle kid's having some trouble, much like I do, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, there's the older brother who has, sorry, the older sister in this scenario mm-hmm. has three kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's cool. Mm, so That's true. I can relate to that. And there are some interesting dynamics between the... Um, parents or in this case like the grandparents yes um and their in-laws mm-hmm. and other <laughs> conflicts that come up with families with children I feel like you're tra- you're being treading very carefully with your it's just funny how things come up <laughs> yeah. i get along very well with my in-laws yeah um it was a journey though Yes. It took a while to get there. Yeah. It just, you know, it's a new person that you're bringing into the family dynamic and you're trying to make everything all fit nicely together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that has definitely been been fun to watch. It's um, very lighthearted. We haven't come to any, like, real difficult No, but it's also in, it's incredibly smart at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, like, what we mentioned in episode 53, I think it was the pilot. They talked about mm-hmm. childbirth yep. in, like, the most realistic way a TV show has yeah. ever done. And talked about things that you wouldn't think about that would be uh-huh. a part of uh, a couple's life. Like, mm-hmm. questions you would think about. Um, I'm being so vague. Why am I being so vague? It's about 
having childbirth and what it does to your special areas <laughs> when you can resume having sex. There you go. Answered in Life, is Pe- Life in Pieces, episode one. Um, but then uh, they touch on so many things, even like their recent episode about kids' soccer and stuff. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time, yep, too. with angry sports parents. Um, living, moving back home and living back at home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. The, uh, having the three children of different age groups and having them all kind of follow the same rules or trying to be fair to all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. A kid who wants to be a rock star instead of going yes. to college. Yes. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, that reminded me of my youth as well. Although mm-hmm. I never said I wouldn't go to, but uh, mm-hmm. other people in my band didn't want to because they said this was the dream. Mm-hmm. But our band was much better than his. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, was it called Goose Funeral or something? Yeah. Funeral Goose, I think. Yeah. I think it's the other way around. Nice. Um, yeah. And just, you know, parents trying to discipline their children or have chats with their children. Um co-parenting together yeah um the one guy's comment about he's really bad with women his first year living with the mother was just a lot of i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) yes there's some good moments um yeah yeah so who would you say is your favorite character so far um i would also have to agree with you that i really like uh her name's jen jen yeah the wife of Colin Hanks. Yeah. Um, I really like her. Yeah. She um, makes me laugh the most, I think. Yes. Yes. And it's kind of nice because you see their relationship starts off with they're having this baby and they're trying to like uh, Figure out how co-parent to and how to yeah. be parents. And you don't get a lot of the sense of how they ended up together or if they really work well together. Right. Um, and they've started to kind of show that they do really work well right. together, even though she can seem very bossy and overpowering. Right. And he's seems very babied and... Um, Baby of the family. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I also like the youngest child because she can be quite sassy. And sneaky. Grandchild, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so you picked the same ones as me. Absolutely. Nice. Now, that little girl is incredible. An incredible Mm -hmm. little actress. And the show is worth watching just for her, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) There was an episode where she was saying a bad word. Yes. That was pretty funny. And it made me think about that. And I always think about this whenever I see a movie that it's like, these are the kind of movies you wouldn't show your children. Because they're inappropriate for children. Mm-hmm. And yet you have these children acting it. So what happens to them? Like what goes on behind the scenes where it's like, no, this is a bad word. But for this episode, you're going to say it 17 times because it's funny. But it's not funny. Don't say it ever. <laughs> but we need you to say it now for this take and do it very well. You know, it's kind of weird. I guess this is a wise child. I have no idea. Oh, she seems brilliant. Mm -hmm. She seems very brilliant. I wonder if she even understands what she's saying most of the times. She's just maybe good at delivering her lines. That's true, but she seems smart. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we should look up interviews with her. Oh, yeah. I just like playing with the balls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So we're... 
pretty far through the first season. It doesn't mm. look like there is a second season on Netflix. So we might purchase. Yeah, maybe we will purchase. Mm-hmm. We are enjoying it. I guess it's how it's well been a they... lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you too. It was your aunt that recommended that one. Oh, perfect. Yes. Thank you, aunt. Mm-hmm. Awesome. For the recommendation. We've been enjoying it a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Makes us laugh. I definitely wanted to give you a little section of today to discuss that and follow up on it. And I recommend it to everyone listening. Next. Oh, this was my fun story that I wanted to talk about. I was thinking about it as I was walking to school because I thought we should call this episode crunch time because I'm trying to finish my thesis. And also a big headline is in the news was that Michael Phelps, who is a, uh, very decorated Olympian from the United States. He's a swimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, was going to race a shark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and I actually watched the trailer for this big event that they were going to do. Uh-huh. Um, it was on the Discovery Network to help promote their Shark Week episode. Right. And they're just talking about how they kind of put this together. Because obviously, if you put Michael Phelps against a shark, he's going to lose. You got to give him a little bit of a boost to give him a chance against a shark. Uh Um, So they actually had him. And it was just a trailer. So I don't know if maybe eventually we'll actually get to see this footage. Oh, I've seen the footage. you seen the footage? I haven't actually seen the footage of him do it. I can tell you all about that. Um, Cool. Well, we'll get there. Um, But they basically made him a suit. And they tried to make this suit so that it was like the skin of a shark. And he has a flipper on the end, which is, I guess, supposed to help him. Because otherwise, like a flipper would certainly help him. If you've ever worn flippers in the water, they help a lot. So they gave him a flipper. Um, Also interesting is they had to make sure the shark was going to swim in a straight line. Because sharks don't swim in straight lines. They like, if they're, first of all, most of the time they're in the water. They're just kind of moseying around because they can't expend a lot of energy swimming. So they're just kind of staying afloat and swimming around unless they're trying to attack a seal and then they burst out of the water and grab these seals. So most of the time they're not swimming in a straight line towards their prey. They're kind of coming at it from a random angle. So they had to figure out how to get the shark to swim in a straight line. So they somehow figured that out. Um, And it was kind of, yeah, no, didn't know. <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay, hold on. Uh, is that all I wanted to say? I don't know. I just thought it was fun. I think people were kind of like, what, he thinks he can beat a shark? And I'm kind of like, I No, just, of course not. Like, he's just doing it for fun. Like, why would you not want to be like, yeah, let's do this whole promo where I get to race a shark. Why not? Okay, I guess so. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into those comments okay. after, I think. So this is what actually Go. happened. Okay is uh, much like that episode where I talked about how we found um, a dinosaur fossil of a bird, Uh and then the scientists uh, scanned it, studied it, and then what they did is they created a CGI image of what they believed the bird would look like. Yes, okay. So it was very scientific, Mm -hmm. but in the end, what they're sharing with the papers is something that isn't really what it is, right? Right. It is a... uh, a creation of sorts, a mm-hmm. scientific backed creation. Yeah. So obviously you brought up all these great points. You can't actually race a shark because not only is the shark not going in a line, the shark might just eat the human. True. Right? It's not going to go in a straight line. Nope. So what they did is they created a CGI shark and, okay. and they had it go on the course from bottom to top. Okay. Created a time based on knowledge of sharks. And then separately, okay. Michael Sh- Michael Phelps Phelps Michael Sharks <laughs> Michael Phelps did his own little run, yeah, 
and it's like just a timing thing. And okay. when they like broadcast it, they just overlaid the CGI shark for where he would be uh, based on the time. So okay. even af- immediately after the results, when Phelps would obviously lose, yeah. he didn't know how he was doing in comparison to the shark because right. there was no real shark next to him. Right. And his, uh, I think one of his quotes or whatever things he says, I would have done a lot better or tried harder if mm-hmm. I'd known how I was doing or something. Uh. So he like criticized the way they did it. Really? But the whole thing was, <laughs> it's a huge just media yeah. crazy blitz. Yeah. It was just designed to get viewers and yeah. it is ridiculous. It's an absolutely ridiculous idea. Yeah, but it was just a marketing thing. It's so, like, uh, really, for should to do any an of us be surprised that this is what it really was? Was a CGI shark and an overlay of Phelps? Like, what else were we going to get? I don't know. It's just for fun. It's just I don't for think fun. we have to overthink this. Okay, so you don't think a big deal of it. Not I thought really. I thought before it all happened that it was pretty stupid and obviously a media <laughs> stunt. It makes it a little better that it was for the Discovery Channel, at least, and Shark Week. I get that. That's yeah, a pretty it's kind of like a pretty it. yeah, it's kind of like a good way of advertising it. Yeah, but at the same time, this is the kind of stuff that usually happens with uh, celebrities that are past their prime or are uh-huh. like done doing what they're doing. So yeah. I don't know. Did Phelps ever announce like retiring? Yeah, anything? he's retired. Okay, so that was his last Olympics. So he, like came back to do it. You this, know, he had his, his greatness and his arrested for weed and then his yeah. revamp. Greatness again. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of one of those bookmarks now on his mm-hmm. career that doesn't, I don't think, look very good. It looks very kind of cheesy and glamorized or whatever. But yeah, I guess you don't it's better think it's than like, I don't know, going out and like selling telephones. Oh, yeah, or Visa cards and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess Like, so. some people do that. Well, there's still time for that. There's still time for that. He, he will probably do that <laughs> later, too. Um, so, similar to that, like, mm-hmm. there's news of, like, the top guy in the UFC who's, like, can't be beat, mm-hmm. has challenged, like, a top boxer to take him on in boxing. Oh, okay. Interesting. And everyone involved um, who knows anything about boxing is like, mm-hmm. this guy is going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how... Uh, Good he is at UFC. How good he is at UFC. He's trying to take on like the best boxer at boxing. That's fun. I thought you were going to say he was going to tackle like a bear. <laughs> I think he may have already done that too, actually. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is just these like little stunts that are done in the media. It's okay. They did. I kind of just roll my eyes at it. I guess you think it's just whatever. At I one just... point they did um, because... There was, I think his name is Michael Johnson, was the fastest at the 200 meters, and Donovan Bailey was the fastest at the 100 meters, mm. so they had a race, and right. I think they ran 150, <laughs> um, and Donovan Bailey won because Michael Johnson actually had a hamstring injury, oh. um, but that was a big, That like, makes more sense, though. That was a big thing that they kind of, you know, threw out there, too, and that's just kind of fun, and it's a, a rivalry or whatever, and... That makes sense mm-hmm. because that's sort of bringing them somewhere in the middle. And mm-hmm. it's like, will the guy with the burst speed be able to do a little bit more endurance to still win the race? Or will the guy who's all about endurance win out in the end? So that makes it fascinating. Guy racing a shark, just, <laughs> it's just dumb. I'm sorry, but well, it happened. People got excited and then promptly. 
And now maybe they're watching Shark Week and learning about sharks and how we should try and preserve them. Well, from my feeds, it seems they just all went on Twitter and talked about how much of a disappointment it was. Oh, nice. Which was very funny. (laughs) So, that probably does it for this episode. I think so. Um, If you would like to share any stories of you racing a shark. No, that doesn't make sense. That's not a good segue. Talk about your crunch times. Send us an email (laughs) at ordinaryday podcast at gmail.com. It's been a while. Yes, yes, it has. Ordinarydaypodcast at Mm gmail.com. And your band, Field Processor, uh, plays awesome music and makes our podcast sound great. And you should tune in and catch them on uh, Twitch. Check out their podcasts. All the information is found at fieldprocessor.com. Exactly. So, until next time... Take one more... For the road. <laughs>